In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the glorious feast of Palm Sunday. And all morning we have been waving palm branches and shouting, Osanna or Hosanna in the highest. Osanna means, save us, please. Save us, please. Please save us. I beseech you to deliver me. And as we make this chant today, I want us to consider the deep meaning of Osanna that was made to our Lord. And I want to ask you, what does it mean for you to shout Hosanna? Today, our Lord Jesus Christ, He entered Jerusalem as a king. But not only as a king. The Lord entered Jerusalem as high priest. But not only as high priest. He entered Jerusalem as the Lamb of God coming to atone for the sins of the world. And today I want to share a few meditations with you on each of the three offices that our Lord fulfilled by entering in Jerusalem. And Osanna now takes on new meaning when you see the Lord as Christ the King, Christ the High Priest, Christ the Sacrifice, the Lamb. Let's begin with Christ the King. Since... Since the beginning of time, since the beginning of time, the kings of the earth have been considered representatives of God. The ancient Egyptians, they believed Pharaoh was not just a regular man, but he, he was chosen by the gods, and he was chosen to lead his people. The Roman emperors, they were considered divine. Nebuchadnezzar, thought he was a god. Herod the Great thought he was a god. They said the voice, not the voice of a man, but the voice of God. And then he was struck down. There has always been a relationship with kings and the divine. But today we recognize our Lord as the true divine king. In Mark chapter 10, the Lord, he healed Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus recognized the Lord as the son of David. And son of David means that he recognized the Lord as, as king. And that was at the end, that was at the very end of Mark chapter 10. Do you know what came in Mark chapter 11? Arfin? Mark chapter 11, you just read it. Is the story of? The triumphal entry of the Lord. The son of David marks the beginning of the recognition that Christ is, is king. In Revelation 19, where we'll read Revelation in a few days from, from now. Our Lord in Revelation, he, he's described as having eyes like a flame of fire. And on his head many crowns. And it's written on his robe. And on his thigh, a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords, to imagine the majesty of the great King. And when Ezekiel saw this great King, he saw them on, on a throne that cannot be described and carried by the cherubim of fire. And Christ was born as a King. The Magi, they came from the east to worship the 
and locate the king of the Jews. But there's a major difference between the earthly kings and our Lord Jesus Christ as king. The kings of the earth, they rule by might, by display of strength, by tyranny. They exploit their people. They rule by compulsion, but our king came gentle and lowly, riding on a colt. I love what uh, Michael said yesterday. Usually armies die for the king, but our king died for the army. Christ is a gentle king because he allows me to enter into the kingdom by my choice, through his grace. There is no compulsion, there is no tyranny. And when the Lord Jesus Christ entered in Jerusalem, He didn't ask them to make arrangements. Like the only arrangement was, get me a donkey. That was it. He didn't tell them, go prepare the the palm trees and prepare the road. He came in and the people spontaneously, when they saw the Lord Jesus Christ, they saw the Lord Jesus Christ coming in on the donkey, they said... Let's put down our garments. Let's put down, let's cut down branches from the trees. We need to be like these people who willingly did, offered so much for the king. We need to be able to take off our cloaks. We need to expose ourselves before God. We need to put our sins at the feet of the Lord so he can crush our sins. Last night in the Vespers, we read about we read about Mary and how she took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard and she anointed the feet of our Lord and we need to be like Mary we need to be like the people in the crowd today who put their material possessions at the feet of the Lord the Lord did not need our material possessions Interesting, when we were in the Holy Land and we were at the Wailing Wall, we asked, like, I had a conversation with, like, a rabbi. And I asked, like, we were a group, and we asked, when is the Messiah coming? You you should ask that question, too. And... And the, the rabbi said, we will know the, rabbi, the Messiah comes when we see him riding on a donkey. And he quoted Zechariah. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I know about this prophecy. This one, he already came on a donkey. And then he said, no, but we don't believe a donkey is like an actual donkey. It means that our Lord is, or the, the Messiah is going to be on top of material possessions. That he is going to be a material king and rich. And he will bring everyone together. And this is how they understand the donkey. This is not the meaning of the donkey. And the meaning of what the people did today. The people today, they offered to Christ their material possessions. Not because he has need of them, but because they love him. It was a testimony of their love toward Him. And we need to make an offering before God, our King. Christ is also a gentle King because He is merciful on His subjects. Treason, treason is a crime. And it's a crime of attempting to overthrow the government of one's country or attempting to assassinate the ruler or the ruler's family. And in this country, per my Google search, treason is considered a class A felony punishable by death. 
And if you are not faithful to this country, if you are not faithful to this country, there are grave consequences. And similarly, there are grave, grave consequences to being unfaithful to the Lord Jesus. The amazing thing about our gentle king is that he is so forgiving. The Gospel of Matins today was about Zacchaeus. And this was a man who had committed treason. This was a man who committed treason. And he went against his Jewish comrades and and the Jewish authority and sided with Rome. And he was a tax collector. And although he committed treason, the Lord said, He is also a son of Abraham. And in the, as we'll see later this week, St. Pe- Peter committed treason three times. Yet he is considered the leader of the apostles. No country, no country on this earth would accept a traitor. And no country would allow a traitor to serve in his administration. Our gentle king is merciful to those who commit treason to him. He accepts them back into the church. And so the church is full of former traitors like Zacchaeus. I say former because it would not be proper to be like Judas. And to be a traitor and to be with the Lord. And that's why when we greet one another with the holy kiss. We always pray that we are not giving each other a holy kiss like... Judas, who just went and gave kisses to everybody, and then he goes and betrays them after. He gossips after and slanders them after. No, we cannot be like this. That's why in the prayer of reconciliation that we will pray today, it is written, you might not have heard this before, but you'll hear it today, you did not burn the guileful traitor when he drew near to you. You didn't burn him, but you greeted him with fellowship, drawing him into into repentance and the recognition of his presumptuousness. That is the gentleness of the king. He could have burned Judas on the spot, but he asked him a very simple, Do you betray the Son of Man with a kiss? This is the gentleness of our king. Gentle because he does not force himself upon us. And gentle is that in that he is merciful and compassionate towards sinners. The Lord, he entered Jerusalem as a king. And he also entered as a high priest. High priest. The Pauline epistle of today from Hebrews chapter 9. It started like this. It said, But Christ came as high priest of good things to come, with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands, that is not of this creation. Christ's physical entrance into Jerusalem was an image of a deeper spiritual reality that was happening. And St. Paul later in Hebrews, he says, what St. Paul, or what Christ did, is a copy of what is in heaven. And that's what we are doing here in the liturgy. We are doing a reflection of heavenly realities. That's why St. Paul says, Therefore it was necessary that the copies of the things in heaven should be purified with these. For Christ has not entered in the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Because Christ is high priest, 
we can appear in the presence of God. I read a beautiful story today that highlights the significance of Christ's priesthood. This story is about a Gentile from Moab, it's fictional, who happens to be in Jerusalem. And it could have been us when we were there. And he takes note of the beauty of the temple and the, and the crowds. You can imagine at this time there was crowds and it was bustling and everything was so beautiful. And he was very intrigued and he approached the temple gate and he saw the attendant there like I saw the attendant there. And he asked the attendant, may I go in there? And then the man asked, who are you? And the stranger said, I am a Moabite. So the attendant replied, well, I'm very sorry, but you can't go in there. You see, it's not for you. The law of Moses has, bar has barred Gentiles from worshipping here. So the Moabite was so sad. And he said, well, what do I have to do to go in there? The man replied, you would have to be born again. The gatekeeper said, you would have to be born an Israelite of the tribe of Judah or of the tribe of one of the tribes of Israel. So the Moabite said, oh, I wish that I had been born an Israelite. And then he saw the priest going in with the sacrifice and the altar. And he saw like the, the, the bronze laver and all the things that are in the tabernacle's interior. And so he asked the attendant, to what, can you tell me what's going on in there? And then, and like what's happening inside the main building? The gatekeeper said, that's the tabernacle itself. Inside it contains the lampstand, the table, the altars of gold. And the man you saw was a priest. He takes care of the inside. So the Moabite said, I wish I were an Israelite so that I could do that. I would love to worship God in there and to help take care of the, the altar. Then the man said, even I cannot do that. To worship in the holy place, one must not only be born an Israelite, one must be born of the tribe of Levi and of the family of Aaron. The man sighed again. He said, I wish I had been born of Israel of the tribe of Levi of the family of Aaron. And then he saw the tabernacle door and he said, what else is in there? And the, Moab, the, the, the man said, oh, there's a veil. It's a beautiful veil. And I'm told it divides the tabernacle in two. Beyond the veil is what we call the most holy place and the holies of holies. And so the Moabite asked, what's in the holy of holies? And they said, oh, there's the Ark of the Covenant and you know all that's in it. And do you see the, the pillar of the cloud hovering over the tabernacle? That's all in the holies of holies. And then the attendant said, Oh no, you couldn't even do that if you were a priest. Only the high priest can enter the most holy place. Only he can go in there and no one else. Then the heart of the man from Moab, he said, Oh if only I had been born an Israelite of the tribe of Levi, of the family of Aaron, if only I had been a high priest, then I would go into the holies of holies every day. Then the gatekeeper and said, oh no, you can't do that every day. Only the high priest can go into the holies of holies once a year. And after the most elaborate preparations. And so, sadly, the Moabite turned away. He had no hope of entering there.
But through the entry of our Lord, the High Priest, He has allowed us to approach the throne of God with confidence. That's why St. Paul in his epistle to the Hebrews, he said, Seeing then we have a great High Priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Let us continue to be faithful. He says, we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but in all points was tempted as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. The high priest, the beautiful thing about it, he is not of the tribe of Levi. No, he's of, it's a different priesthood. And he opened the door of everyone to enter into the holies of holies. That's Christ the King and Christ the High Priest. The last one is Christ the Sacrifice. St. Paul calls our Lord Jesus Christ the true Passover. The true Passover. And you know from maybe previous years that Palm Sunday was actually called... It was the 10th of Nisan and the 10th of Nisan is... The Lamb Selection Day. The Lamb Selection Day where people were preparing for the Passover. And the question that we should have for us today is, if you had to, you, each person needs to pick a lamb. Is he your lamb? Is he the one that you have selected? Our Lord Jesus Christ, he is the true lamb of God. And in Revelation again, St. John, he saw in the Revelation, he said, See the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David. He has triumphed. Today is about the triumphal entry. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb, looking as if he had been slain. The lion is the lamb. Do you guys see that? That the lion is the lamb. The lamb that was slain for our sin. He is both the great shepherd and he is the... The sheep. He is the greatest king, yet he is the greatest slave. He is the high priest, but he's offering himself as a sacrifice. And it is his sacrifice that has cleansed us from sin. He paid for us with his blood. He established a new covenant. Today is the marking of the start of the new covenant, if you will. And that's why, even in Hebrews that we read today, he said, For the testament is enforced after men are dead. When you write a will, when does the will become in effect? The will comes into effect after death. So it's as if on Palm Sunday, the Lord, he entered to establish a new covenant, a new style of worship, that he is now the high priest and he is in the sacrifice. He has abolished the old Worship, And that's why when the Lord, He came into the temple, He... He overturned the tables. Why He overturned the tables? Those are tables, those tables are necessary. Those tables are for people, they're traveling in the pilgrims. They need those tables. There was nothing wrong with those tables. And it wasn't wrong with anything that they were doing at the tables. Because those people would be traveling from everywhere and they needed to buy sacrifice. So they needed animals to be there. And they needed money changers because you had people from every place coming. And so they needed people to be there. The problem was not that there was 
the animals and wasn't the problem was that there were money tables and exchangers the problem was that this worship is done because the high priest had come in and now this worship is no longer needed so that's why he said I'm going to destroy this temple him turning over the table is a sign that of the destruction of the Old Testament to recognize that there is someone greater now the high priest the sacrifice that has been slain for us this teaches us that we have we were bought with a high cost with the blood of Christ Christ is the king he is the high priest and he is the sacrifice for our sin so let us approach the 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 holies of holies with this new heart that's why saint peter says Since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, because He suffered for us in the flesh, because He sacrificed for Himself, He says we should no longer live the rest of the time, the rest of our time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. He said we have spent enough time in the past lifetime doing the will of gentiles we walked in lewdness lust drunkenness revelries drinking parties abominable idolatries as if the lord came in and turned up our life and said enough of this stuff that we are living in you don't need to live this way anymore and glory be to god forever amen